Hi, it's Jesse, and this is a shout out to everyone who jumped on JoeFresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jesse Collection is out now in select stores and at JoeFresh.com. Get it before it's gone. Or before I'm gone. To jail. This week on Phone a Friend. My ex is dating Gigi Hadid. Love is not blind. If you dance with your hands up, you're old. And I called Jordan Miller, the Britney Spears expert who literally freed Britney to tell me all about her tell-all. I've always been very nervous to ever tread that territory because I just feel like it's inappropriate. Today's the first time I've allowed myself to talk about it because she talks about it in the book. He read the book so you don't have to because you don't have time to read. If you did, do you think you'd be listening to this podcast? Me neither. Let's begin. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Kripschick. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Kripschick. I am so happy to be recording this back in my little studio at home. As always, I'm joined by the will to my Jada. Jason, my producer. <laughs> Hi, I think. Hi. Do you know what really actually makes sense? We're, we've just been platonic friends for years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Basically it. Same thing. Also, you get to be the will, which has somehow become the better half. I don't know how this happened in the last two years, but here we are. Right. Also, we made a show on Facebook. Watch together. Come yeah. on. The parallels are staggering. Yeah, it's well, true. All right. Hello, Jason. Big week for you specifically. The Britney book is out. 
Did you pre-order? Do you own it yet? I pre-ordered. I own it. <gasps> it's sitting on my coffee table calling my name. I have not been able to read it yet. Oh, but that's what this weekend is for. Wow, wow, wow. It arrived right on time because it literally just came out. We're recording this like hours after it came out. Yeah. I mean, it showed up. Amazon, thank you, showed up on my doorstep Tuesday morning. Brittany is prompt. Jason, I love that so much for you. So much has been coming out about this book. I feel like I needed an expert. No offense to you, Jason. I know your love of Britney <laughs> runs okay. deep, but like I wanted someone who had read it who could really like gimme, gimme more. Gimme, gimme more. So I figured we had to call back founder of BreatheHeavy.com, the biggest Britney fan page on earth. A lifelong Britney fan, the man who literally started the free Britney movement and ultimately freed Britney, Jordan Miller. Because without Jordan, there would be no The Woman in Me. That woman would still be in a conservatorship. So Jordan is going to break down everything in the book so you can feel like you read it without reading it. Because who has time to read, you know? <laughs> I'm also kind of like a boomer when it comes to audiobooks. Like, is this oh. controversial that I don't believe in audiobooks? This is very controversial. Go on. I feel like I'm cheating. Like, I need to hold the book and read it. I love that about you, Jason. Mm. Yeah, I've always been a little against audiobooks. Now that you're a part of the silent walking movement, you don't want to <laughs> cloud your thoughts with something playing in your ears. Yeah. Right? You're going to silently <laughs> yeah. walk to your home, sit down and read a book. I love that for you. I think all people without children should read. But there's something about having kids that really just robs you of that time to sit alone and read a good book. You know what I mean? It's my excuse anyway. I'm just, I'm busy. Uh, I was traveling for work this week. Something happened in an airport washroom that I cannot stop thinking about. And I need your opinion, Jay. Okay. So in the women's washrooms at the Vancouver International Airport, there are these little baskets with free tampons and pads. It's like a very lovely touch. Feels like a very Canadian touch. Like, you know, welcome to Canada. We take care of you here. You know, like the airport bathrooms in America have used tampons on the floor. But in Canada, oh my God. we have new ones just all wrapped up in little baskets for the taking. Lovely touch. So I go to the bathroom, I wash my hands, and I pop a tampon in my purse because they're free and you never know. The woman at the sink next to me, who I, I will say does not work at the airport, just, just a passenger passing through like me. I would say she's like late 20s, early 30s, purple hair. She says, are you on your period? I said, excuse me? She said, those are for women on their period. I said, oh, I thought they were just like for all women. She says, no, they're for women who need them. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I will at some point in the next month, like, LOL. She does not laugh, does not find it funny. She just says, but you don't need it now, so you shouldn't take it. And I thought like, I'm sorry. I, I thought these little baskets were for all women. I didn't realize they were exclusively for women who are actively bleeding. Like, didn't know you had to be spraying all over the airport bathroom <gasps> floor in order to take a free tampon. Jason's virgin ears. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, Jay. I was just like so taken aback. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Take the tampon out of my purse. Put it back. <clears throat> Jason. As a man who has never had a period, tell me who was in the wrong. 
Um, I, oh, I don't know. I like, I want to say I see both sides, but I'm like, I would be like you. Like, I take the extra stuff if I can, if it's there to use. Right. And by the way, there are no two sides here. Go on. <laughs> like, I don't, are you ever in the doctor's office or somewhere? And there's like the little bowl of candies or like oh, gum God. or whatever. It's like, yes. I don't just take one. Like I take, I make sure I take a few. It's like, you need it for later on. This is a great point. Nobody stops you on your way out of the Mexican restaurant when you take a mint to say, are you going to be popping that in your mouth now? Yeah. Does your mouth smell bad now? Is it oniony at this moment? Do you need it now? No, I might need it at a later time. And there was no sign here on this little basket that said, like, take if menstruating, right? It's not like you have to show proof of menstruation. before. It's not a nightclub. There's no bathroom attendant, like, exchanging tampons for tips. This woman, she acted like I was taking cash out of a tip jar. Like I was taking a tampon out of a donation box at a women's shelter. It's the airport. I'm taking one free tampon from an airport. An airport that is currently undergoing a $9.1 billion remodel. They can spare a tampon. I researched that, by the way. So <laughs> mad. Just kept yeah. thinking of all the things I should have said to her. I was like, how much does this airport cost? Google.com. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, for anyone traveling through the Vancouver airport in the future, I encourage you to take a tampon. Take three free tampons. Whether you're on your menses or not, because if you have to endure bleeding from the vagina once a month for 30 years of your life, then you have earned one free tampon from an international airport. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Oh my God, stop. Jason, sit down. That's too much. That's too much. Wow. Wait a second. Did I say vagina? Is it vulva? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> Make space in our inbox for the gynecologist to leave a message. <gasps> it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. So when I was in Vancouver, tamponless in Vancouver, it's a much anticipated follow up actually to sleepless in Seattle, tamponless in Vancouver. <sighs> So I was there. I was hosting an incredible event at BC Play Stadium. I posted a video of myself, Jason, dancing backstage to Canadian classic Home for a Rest by Spirit of the West. You have to excuse me. I'm not in my best. I've been gone for a month. I've been drunk since I left. And then it goes crazy. We arrived in December and London. That comes on, and when you hear that accordion music, you have to get up and dance. So I'm jumping, I'm shaking, hands up, dancing like nobody's watching. Someone was watching my Instagram stories. They DM me and they say, quote, I just saw a TikTok that says Gen Z knows you're old. If you put your hands up when you dance, you should do some very in-depth reporting on this. And because I am a journalist on the ground, in the field, dancing with my hands up, I heeded the call. And phonies, my in-depth reporting is what's hot on TikTok. What's hot on TikTok? A video on TikTok blew up last week when a millennial man said a Gen Z woman in her early 20s stopped him from dancing with his hands up at the club. Listen to this. I was dancing at the club last night with this girl and she was like, you know what's giving away your age? She was like, you keep putting your hands up. But I would do it too. I'd be like, woo! 
and she was like, stop putting your hands up. I'm, old. I'm too old to be in this club. So this video sparks a global conversation about how our different generations dance. Because if you think about it, Gen Zers have been raised by like trending TikTok dances, which have to fit into a nine by 16 frame. Okay, there's no <laughs> arms up in TikTok dances, it's right? So it's true. like, it's all pelvic thrusts and shoulder shimmies and like Macarena like arm movements, which is Probably not how they would describe them, but listen, it's all just very controlled so that you look hot at 13 years old in a crop top and you don't step out of your ring light. You know what I mean? Like, that's how Gen Zers dance. My generation wasn't raised with choreo on iPhones, okay? We were raised to dance with our hands up. In fact, we were straight up instructed to. On the dance floor, time and time again, we were told things like this. Everybody hands go up. And they stay there. I mean, my hands are up and they are there. I'm not taking them down. Or this. Oh my god, this. Right? Oh. Put your hands up. $20 bill, put your hands up. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting my hands up, waving my $100 bill in the sky, and even if we didn't have cash, we were told to wave other things in the sky, like rollies. If I did, ain't no problem to get the gap where the true players at. Throw your rollies in the sky, wave them side to side, and keep your hands high while I keep your Keep my hands high? I will! I'm not about to disrespect Biggie. He asked very nicely. Meanwhile, Fergie pretty much yelled at us. Hands up, get your hands up, throw your hands up, get your hands up, throw your hands up, get your hands up, throw your hands up, get your okay, hands up. Okay, 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 I got you, Fergie. I will, please, calm down. Even Beyonce wanted our hands up. Sorry, when Queen B tells me to put my hands up, I put them up. And even Miley Cyrus, a younger millennial, okay? She puts her hands up when a Jay-Z song comes on. Hands up right now, sitting in my <laughs> podcast studio in a bathrobe at 8 a.m. My hands are up. I can't help it. I was trained. So I don't know what to tell you, Gen Z. Millennials are a generation of people who raise the damn roof. Okay? We've been raising the roof since we were old enough to get into the club, okay? We don't know your TikTok moves, but we do know how to have a good time on the dance floor with our damn hands up, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Can I put my hands down now? Oh, okay, no, sorry. Sorry, Ferg. Okay, Ferg, I'll keep them right up. They're up, hands are up. And that's what's hot in TikTok. What's hot on TikTok? What's next? What's next? Okay, Jason, <laughs> I promised you that there would be no Travis Swelsey coverage today. You did. Confirmed. <laughs> I assured you there would be none. That doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about other hot people doing hot things. Hot, hot people doing hot, hot, hot things. 
I can confirm officially, I think I'm the first one to officially confirm that Gigi Hadid and Bradley Cooper are dating. So apparently they met earlier this month at Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds' daughter's seventh birthday party. Hot. They've been photographed together at dinners, in cars, going on romantic getaways, allegedly to Taylor Swift's home in Rhode Island. I mean, what? Taylor Swift loves lending at her homes. Like, I'm barely going to lend you $5 if you desperately need it. But Tay will lend you a $20 million home so you can bang in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this relationship has not officially been confirmed. But let me tell you something, Jason. I knew it was official when they were photographed this past weekend running through the rain together into his New York apartment. And you know how I know it's a fish? Because in the photos, you can see the band of his underwear, and he is wearing lime green Ellen underpants. <laughs> As in, like, the free boxer briefs that Ellen DeGeneres, formerly popular Ellen DeGeneres, would give her guests for appearing on her show. This tells us so much. First, they've been banging for a hot minute. Okay, because you don't pull out the free Ellen underpants you were given on your last appearance in 2019 if you're getting (laughs) naked together for the first time, Yeah, right? You're not. They have got to have reached a place in their relationship where they are comfortable enough to pull out like ye olde free underpants. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I never would have thought about it that way. No. But it's so true. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just also going to say this. I don't like it. I do not ship these two, okay? Because I, of course, am one of Bradley Cooper's exes. It's raw and emotional for me. Jason, do you remember when I went on a date with Bradley Cooper? Oh, I do. You were there. I do, yeah. You were present for it. We were working together at MTV at the time. So he was in Toronto promoting the first Hangover movie, like before it became what it became. I was at MTV, and instead of doing a boring junket interview with him where you just, like, go sit in a hotel with the movie poster in the background, I asked Bradley Cooper if he would go on a date with me. He, for some reason, said yes. And we filmed the whole thing at a hotel bar, and I don't know, I feel like it was going pretty well. There's a little flirtation, a little chemistry. He was, like, playing footsie with me at one point until I started to offer him a drink. And then... I pressured him to get a drink without knowing he was a recovering alcoholic. Listen to this. Would you like a drink? Um, um, uh, what are you going to have? I think I'm going to have a gin and tonic. Really? Yeah, why? No, I just don't. That's, yeah, go do it. What would you like? I have water's good. I have $20 of MTV petty cash. My water's great. Oh, right. This date's going great. This date. Okay. <laughs> I'm like so oh, horrified. No. I'm so mortified. He goes, This date's going great. I didn't know. He had been like in rehab. You innocently didn't know. I innocently didn't know. And when you're 24 years old and MTV gives you $20 cash to buy a a drink for a movie star, you're going to pressure the shit out of him. You know what I mean? All I knew at the time was that if you got drunk, you could maybe make out. (laughs) I was just just like, well, let's go for it. The date did not go great. But let me tell you this, Jason, his loss, okay? He could have spent the last 15 years with this 
pasty, freckly alcohol pusher. <laughs> Instead, he has had to endure Victoria's Secret model after Victoria's Secret model. And now, at 48 years old, he's stuck with yet another 28-year-old Victoria's Secret model. Jason, having been there by my side, witnessing my chemistry with Bradley Cooper, seeing those sparks fly, how do you feel about this relationship that he's currently in? Um, okay. Well, not to discount your no, obviously yeah, like charged chemistry together. Charged sexual, I don't mind. Sexual energy, you could say. Yeah. I don't mind them together. It's cute. <gasps> really? Yeah. Like they're a good looking couple. The photos of them running in the rain are, are cute. That's true. When I sent Jason the photos of the Ellen underpants running in the rain, his literal response was like, ooh, this is hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Just a casual, okay. like, shirt pull up by accident. Yes. Yes. Yeah, into it. Yeah. No, into it. Okay, I. this is my feeling. I think he has an Oscar-caliber movie coming out, right? Like, this Leonard Bernstein movie, he's yeah. going to get nominated for Best Picture, Director, Actor. This is him at his A-list peak. He's almost 50. Is there no Amal Clooney out there for Bradley Cooper? Like, sorry, as a, as a, is there no woman that's remotely close to his age that he can strip down to his Ellen underpants for, you know? It's just like, the Leonardo DiCaprio of it all is very frustrating to me. And I just, I guess it's just, personally, it's hard to see your ex move on. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I guess I'll yeah. have to get over it. I'll work through it. As always, Gigi and Bradley and Ellen, congratulations on your comeback. I wish you well. I wish you well. Oh, 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 oh. I wish you well, baby. What's next? What's next? All right. This past week, I was alone in a hotel bed without two-year-olds screaming for boobies or six-year-olds asking for water at 3 a.m., but I still could not sleep. So I thought I'd give you a quick rundown of the most confounding things happening in pop culture or what's giving me night sweats. Good, what's giving me the night sweats? What's giving me night sweats? That's a jam. That's a fucking jam. By the way, Jason, Jay, who writes, uh, my personal boy band, who writes all of our um, jingles, he told me that for like a special episode, maybe a holiday episode, he would do a full-length version of Night Sweats. Oh, We I love could that. release our first single, yeah. which would be called, What's Giving Me Night Sweats? <laughs> 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 which is the elder millennial banger we've all been waiting for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Up first, after 105 days of the Screen Actors Guild strike, SAG told its 65,000 out-of-work actors what they can and cannot dress up as for Halloween. <gasps> they sent out, quote, Halloween guidelines for their members saying they cannot wear costumes from struck movies or TV shows, okay? Like, you can't dress up as Barbie or Wednesday Addams because that would be promoting struck content. Instead, they suggested striking actors should dress up as, quote, characters from non-struck content or as generalized characters and figures, ghost, zombie, spider, etc. I mean... First of all, like, 
LOL. I'm sorry. Imagine being unemployed, unpaid, tirelessly walking the picket lines for 105 days without the Screen Actors Guild getting you a fair deal, only to be told by them, oh yeah, and that Ken outfit you have planned for that one day of fun you have coming up, can't (laughs) wear it. (laughs) Sorry. Also, you know me well, Jason. This is my personal nightmare. Like, I am a Halloween person. I pride myself on making creative costumes. Currently, my fingers are literally bleeding from trying to hand sew the costumes my sons have requested this year. And so if someone said to me that I had to dress up as, quote, a ghost or a zombie, I would tell them to fuck off. Stop trying to ruin our spooky season. And that's just what actors like Mandy Moore and Ryan Reynolds did. They posted about how ridiculous this is. Ryan Reynolds made a joke about how he would just yell at his eight-year-old daughter in her Barbie costume. And then SAG replied by clarifying, the ruling does not apply to kids. Oh, thanks, guys. But Ryan Reynolds, you sure as hell better throw a sheet over your head and dress up as a ghost. Happy Halloween. Next, Paris Hilton posted a photo of her adorable eight-month-old son, Phoenix. Like, how cute is this child, Jace? So cute. So cute. He's in, like, a a $1,000 Burberry ensemble that he'll grow out of in two weeks. And instead of, like, complimenting the baby or showering her with love for being a mom who's out in the world with her eight-month-old, thousands of people flooded the comments telling her the baby's head was too big. Literally, like, the baby looked like Stewie. He has a bright future ahead of him oh my god literally you laughed at that a little bit just a little bit people (laughs) but they're like they're literally bullying a baby trolling an eight month old and this is what gets me a lot of people are doing it under the guise of like we're just concerned for his health people are asking if he has something called hydrocephalus paris replied in the comments she said her angel is perfectly healthy he just has a large brain I mean, yes. Thank you, Paris. Damn right he does. Plus, if I can just add, statistically, people with large heads are more successful. Did you know that, Jason? I didn't know that, but it makes sense. There has never been a small-headed president or CEO. That's a fact. I also just want to say this, that this might be the only time I have related to Paris Hilton ever. In an Instagram story, she wrote, Comments are inevitable, but targeting my child is unacceptable. This hurts my heart more deeply than words can describe. Which I really want to applaud because, like, I thank her for being vulnerable. And I also just want to say welcome to being a mom on the internet, Paris Hilton. I I feel the same way. Like, you can trash me, okay? Call me stupid. Call me ugly, call me fat, call me a whatever you want, but come for my kid and I will cut a bitch. Take two, I will cut a Harajuku bitch. Oh. <laughs> the moment you share your child, RIP, RIP. Wait, I think that's the one that went missing, right? Yeah, that's that the one that's been lost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's been lost. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> thank you for bringing up. Wow, double the wounds, a big head, <laughs> and. A deceased dog. I just think the moment you share your child with the world, the world feels the need to tell you what is wrong with your child or what's wrong with you as a mom. And I think we can all agree that's not hot. The next thing to give me night sweats is the thought that something you said off the cuff 10 plus years ago could come back to potentially cancel you. 
that's mainly why I wanted to share the pushing alcohol and Bradley Cooper clip now so I could get ahead of it before someone else on Earth it and tries to ruin me. Emily Blunt, however, not so lucky. A clip from an interview she did on the Jonathan Roth show 12 years ago has gone viral for the fat phobic comment she made about a Chili's waitress. Listen to this. You go to Chili's, you can see why so many of our American friends are enormous. <laughs> I, I ordered a starter once and it was like four mini burgers and they were yeah. as big as proper burgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the girl who was serving me was enormous. You know, I think she got freebie meals at Chili's. Nothing wrong with that. <sighs> this is so tough. Because it is kind of cringy, right? Like, you're hearing it through a uh, yeah. 2023 lens now, right, Jason? And and what she said is, like, it's rude. It's especially because she's sitting there. She's 90 pounds. She's white and wealthy. And she's trashing a minimum wage Chili's waitress, right? right? Like, and I do believe that everybody should be held accountable for things that they say. There are comments that public figures have made that are inexcusable, racist comments, comments that really kind of unearth their deepest, most horrific beliefs and values. But I don't think this is that. You know, like she was on a comedy show. She's just trying to be funny. The interviewer kind of set her up for it. He's the one who said that the burgers were enormous. And she was just kind of trying to play along and get a laugh. And yes, she didn't have to do that. But 2012 was a different time I just think hopefully we can, like, move on and recognize that it's wrong. Also, this is coming from the woman who delivered the now iconic line. I'm just one stomach flew away from my god weight. I don't know. There are worse things that we could cancel her for. Emily felt the need to release a statement to People magazine apologizing for the comment. She said, my jaw was on the floor watching this clip from 12 years ago. Subtle reminder, 12 years ago. I'm appalled that I would say something so insensitive, hurtful, and unrelated to whatever story I was trying to tell on a talk show. I'm so sorry for any hurt caused. I was absolutely old enough to know better. She didn't need to make a statement. She did. I appreciate it. I think the statement she made is is right, like to take accountability, to say, to not try to excuse it and to just apologize for it. I don't know. I think that makes her a good person. And I know she has daughters and I'm sure she wants them to treat everybody with kindness and respect. And And so she's grown and she's evolved and she's moving on. And honestly, such great free promo for chilies. Like, all I can think about <laughs> is I would do anything for a blooming onion right now. Yeah, you feel me? Like, give me a spinach dip now. Oh, uh, <laughs> with a matzo stick so I can just dip the cheese in the cheese. Yeah. Finally, the last thing giving me night sweats is Love is Blind Season 5, which I watched in its entirety last week. And I can say with confidence... This is the worst season of television that has ever been made. You've never watched, right, Jace? No, I've never seen it. Okay. After all these years. It's the most heterosexual shit. You don't need to waste your time on this, but let me tell you how it usually works. Couples, like, have conversations through a wall. If they fall in love, they have to get engaged and then potentially get married. Normally, five or six couples fall in love blindly per season. They get engaged and a few get married. This season, after 30 people dated on the show, only one couple made it. Oh, why? Why? I will let me tell you why. why. (laughs) Because love is not blind. The premise of the show is flawed. How? Did they, like, cheat? No, no. Okay. This is the thing. Like, I believe, yes, you can fall in love with someone just by talking to them through a wall. Sure. But the show forces them to get married. And it's very hard to marry someone if you're not 
physically attracted to them or if your lifestyles in the real world just like don't align right yeah and all season long nick and vanessa lachey like hold hands and clutch each other's thighs asking the camera earnestly is love really blind can you fall in love without knowing what someone looks like or how much money they make Cut to this season, one couple breaks up because the guy doesn't like what the girl looks like, and another breaks up because the girl doesn't like the guy's credit score. No. <laughs> I swear to God, there are multiple scenes about a credit score. And I watched all of them so I could warn you not to. In conclusion, I'd like to petition the show to change its name to Love is Blind until you discover that you're not attracted to the person you fell in love with, so you passively aggressively tear them down until they hate you and hate themselves and leave you crying at the altar. Streaming now on Netflix. <laughs> and that is what's giving me night sweats. Good, what's giving me the night sweats? What's giving me night sweats? morning sweats to be honest i'm i'm dripping got me all worked up what's next before we get to our guest i just want to end with something that's giving me envy a mom in utah is starting a new trend called a nesting party jason you actually sent this to me yeah (laughs) it was so funny you know it's blown up when jason is getting news about nesting parties in the algorithm in the algorithm so while she was pregnant instead of throwing herself a baby shower and asking her friends to bring gifts she had her friends come over and gift her with their time and energy By vacuuming, folding clothes, organizing her closets, cleaning out her kitchen, preparing her home for the arrival of the baby. Listen to this. So I had my nesting party last night instead of a baby shower, and it was amazing. My friend Bree organized it. I sent her a list of things that I wanted to get done before baby came, and she made little cards um, for each person to take to take on a section of the house. I kind of took on more of a supervisor role, kind of telling people where I wanted things and what I wanted to do with things. And then we took a dinner break, ate some soup, some sourdough bread, some treats, and just chatted about this baby and how it's going to be. And then we got straight back to work and everything was so clean and organized. And I feel so much more ready for this baby. It was so much fun. For you, yeah. Yeah, I would also enjoy having my home cleaned while I ate sourdough bread and took on a supervisor role. The footage, by the way, is just her friends like somberly vacuuming and putting baby clothes in Tupperware. Like it doesn't exactly look like a raucous good time. But hey, (laughs) as an expectant mom, it's kind of a dream. As a guest, Jay, let me ask you this. Are you coming to my nesting party? Let's say something went horrifically wrong and I was pregnant with my fourth child. (laughs) Is that fun for you to help me like sort my underpants and clean out the crumbs from between my couch cushions? Listen, if you really needed it, I would, Uh but I would prefer, just telling you this now, I'd prefer to just like, you know, contribute $100 to the stroller kind of thing (laughs) from afar. You just want to buy me the $60 change pad and call it a day. (laughs) Is that true? Like, you don't want to sit there and help me clean my home? No. 
these women, they didn't even have wine. Like, it didn't look yeah. fun. I think as a guest, I would prefer to smell shit out of a diaper and guess if it's Snickers or Reese's, you know? Because the whole time I'm folding your laundry, I'm just going to be thinking about all the laundry I need to fold at my own house. Like, we all need a nesting party, right? I should have that tomorrow. Come sort my kids' toys and find the lids to my Tupperware. Plus, I just think that a baby shower should be fun. Yeah. Right? Like, we had, like, a beer chugging out of baby bottles contest, and we played labor or porn with our friends. Like, there was an open bar. It was it was just a party. And I think you should do as much partying as humanly possible before you become parents and never party again. Because if this group of ladies are having so much fun vacuuming and eating soup before they have kids, I don't want to know what their social life is going to look like after. But happy nesting. And I would like want the, the free things. Yes. Like give me the clothes. Give me the gift cards. You're so right. I think first baby, you need gifts. Like you need a registry. You need to accumulate things. Second, third, fourth baby, like come on over and, you know, scrub my toilet. That's fair. That's fair. But also second, third, fourth, baby, nobody wants to shower you anymore, okay? <laughs> like, when I was pregnant with Romy, people were like, we have to celebrate you again? Jesus. It was, you know, less enthusiasm that time around. What's next? Okay. The cover art for this show that you're currently listening to is an homage to Britney Spears' iconic Rolling Stone cover. This is a pro-Britney podcast to its core. We talked about her book with Britney expert Jordan Miller when it was announced. We touched on it last week, but now it is out. It is the best-selling celebrity memoir of all time. Get it, Britney. Is it really? Yes. Wow. According to her Instagram caption. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thanks in part to you, Jason, for pre-ordering it. Yeah. After 25 years of keeping everything in, of being silenced by the people around her, Britney is letting it all out. The book is so honest and she goes so deep. Brittany actually said she wasn't able to record the audiobook because it was all too painful and emotional. She did record an intro to the audiobook. Listen to this. Reliving everything that you're about to hear has been exciting, heart-wrenching, and emotional. This book has been a labor of love and all the emotions that come with it. As a little girl, I walked for hours alone in the silent woods behind my house in Louisiana singing songs. Being outside gave me a sense of aliveness and danger. When I was growing up, my mother and father fought constantly. He was an alcoholic. I was usually scared in my home. Outside wasn't necessarily heaven either, but it was my world. Call it heaven or hell, it was mine. Funny, that's also how I describe this podcast. Call it heaven or hell, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> There have been so many bombshell revelations from this book that have come out over the past few days. I figured I had to call back the ultimate Britney Spears expert super fan. He literally started the Free Britney movement when he was a teenager, which ultimately led her to being freed from a 13-year conservatorship and being able to write this book. He is the Mother Teresa of our time. Let's phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning back. 
first return guest, Jordan Miller. He runs one of the largest Britney fan sites called BreatheHeavy.com. He was a teenager when he noticed something wasn't right with the way Britney was being treated and started posting free Britney on his page. The rest is history. He's appeared in multiple documentaries to shed light on Britney's conservatorship. He's been yelled at over the phone by Britney's dad, Jamie, which kind of a flex. And if there's one person I know who stayed up all night to read Britney's new memoir, it's Jordan. Hello? Hello, Jordan Miller. Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's good now. Welcome back. (laughs) My first return guest. I've never called anyone back before, Jordan, but here we are. (laughs) I'm honored. Thank you. And last time I had you on, I said I was going to call you back when Britney's book came out. Here we are. The book came out literally hours ago. Uh Have you slept since? (laughs) I did catch some Zs, yes, but I did wake up early before work to fire up the audiobook and (gasps) played it any chance I could today. So just about 30 minutes before our little chat together, I just finished the book. So I did my homework, got um, got the scoop. <laughs> I did Ooh! it. Okay, so you are fresh yeah. off the book. So let's get your just like initial thoughts on the book, having finished it 30 minutes ago. I really appreciated how much Brittany reflected on some of these um, kind of pivotal moments in her life and added context that only she could add. Mm. There's a lot to unpack with this book. Yeah. Because there's a lot to unpack, I'm actually just personally giving myself a second to digest and kind of like, take a moment. What do I think about that? And what was the message Brittany was trying to convey? Oftentimes when these releases come out, it's like a mad dash. You got to get to the end and then, you know, got to post and you got to communicate with the fans. And I'm just trying to like also take a second. So those are kind of my initial thoughts. Jordan, this is so much more than a book for you, right? You have been following her, reporting about her, sharing with your community about her for for what, like 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. Breathe Heavy is going to be 20 years old next summer. It's a lot. I mean, for the first time in 20 years to hear from her on everything that has happened in two decades. I mean, that's a big deal. And I know that you, you know, will need time to digest, but I would like you to digest with me if you're open to it. Because <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. I mean, I would love to sit and read this book. The problem is I don't have time to sit down or read a book. So I would like mm-hmm. you to be my cliff notes, okay? I'm okay. gonna list some of the major headlines from the book. Hopefully you can gimme gimme more insight. Are you up for that? I see what you did there. Thank you I'm so down. much. Let's do it. Thank you. If you didn't, this would be a problem. Give me, give me. Okay. So can I ask you about the book title first? Because last time we spoke, we pitched some options oh, yeah. for Brittany. No title had been released. I think we were talking yeah. about maybe sometimes I run, sometimes I write a book. <laughs> she's so lucky. She's an author. I think your favorite was <laughs> If You Seek a Book. <laughs> Sadly, (laughs) Jordan, she did not take any of our suggestions. Why the woman in me? And do you think Shania Twain is pissed? No, I don't think Shania is pissed. If anything, (laughs) it's it's probably a cool honor. But it's also a lyric from um, Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. What I think is cool about the title is that she is really owning her womanhood. And that's something that, in in her own words, was stripped from her for many years. So 
there's I don't want to give too much away in the book, but essentially Brittany touches on this this notion of um, having her womanhood and her rights stripped from her, and now the woman in her uh, now is empowered. I love that. And by the way, you said you didn't want to, like, you know, ruin the book. No, no, you're here to ruin the book because, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it all. Yes. Starting with Justin Timberlake. We're just going to go right there because leading up to the release of this book, diving Mm -hmm. straight to it, there were all these reports that maybe the book was pushed because his team was concerned over what would be shared. Sounds like they should have been. Sounds like Mm. it was shared, right? Yeah. I mean, so I remember seeing that report and actually reporting about that report that... Um, Justin Timberlake or his legal team were trying to delay the release or get certain parts cut. And that's just the recurring theme in the world of Britney is that people are trying to silence her and not have her speak her truth. So Uh. I can't confirm or deny whether that report is true. I would imagine there's some truth to it um, just because some of the things mentioned in the book are probably things he wanted to not have out. But the whole thing is that Britney should be speaking her truth in the way that she sees fit. And for many, many years, she did not. So if you're listening to some of the things that we're touching on is that Brittany opens up about her relationship with Justin Timberlake. Mm -hmm. And while they were dating at one point, she became pregnant. And because he did not want to be a father, uh, she made the really tough decision to have an abortion. And she kind of goes into detail about that. And it's heartbreaking to hear. And like the details are harrowing, right? She didn't go to a hospital or a clinic. She said she took abortion pills. Yeah, she does go into detail about that. And that manifested grief for her, which then spilled into other parts of her life. And it's something that even though it's been 20 years, she describes it as one of the most excruciating experiences. And I think part of that is because she had to keep it a secret. And so there was a report recently that when that news came out, I believe Justin Timberlake's camp or someone connected, it says a source says that, you know, Justin wants for Britney to basically grow and evolve and not bring up these things. Like, let's look forward. That's the past. And in my mind, I'm like, this is her evolution. This is her growing and evolving just because you don't want her to speak now um, doesn't mean that she shouldn't. And Mm. he capitalized off of, her for many years he launched into his solo career uh with you know crimea river uh what goes around comes around and just interviews and all these other things so it's like now that she's getting the opportunity to speak her truth it's like oh well, we don't like that it doesn't look good and it's like that's not your choice you know yes that's so interesting that you bring up the way he capitalized on this narrative that he sort of created that she was some big cheater right like yeah. we saw it in the video for Crimea River which was a huge hit at the same time Brittany went on Diane Sawyer in 2003 this is like a crazy interview to revisit she talks about the mm-hmm. Justin breakup I'm gonna play a little clip remember this But you said, I've only slept with one person in my whole life, two years into my relationship with Justin. And yet he's he's left the impression that that you weren't faithful, that you betrayed the relationship. I think everyone has a side of their story to make them feel a certain way. I'm not technically saying he's wrong, but I'm not technically saying he's right either. Why do you think 
she kept quiet about his cheating scandal. Like, that was her opportunity to say, hey, he cheated on me too, which is what she reveals in the book, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, she said nothing. She remained silent for a lot of things for a long time about many different issues, Mm. not just exclusively Justin Timberlake. I think that it's in her nature to want to keep the peace and take the higher road. And when he was going low and dragging her name through the mud, she innately wants to be a good person and and not reflect that back. And she does touch on that in the book of sometimes that kindness was taken advantage of. She also touches on that Diane Sawyer interview that you just played. Oh, really? What does she say? She looks back on it and essentially sees it as a way that she was exploited. And she kind of looks back on that as like a, a turning point in many ways. Interesting. Has Justin said anything since? Has he released a statement? Have his people? From what I gather, they're claiming that he's just not going to comment because he's worried that some of his past comments will uh, be resurfaced and him adding any sort of energy to the conversation will just end up not playing out well for him. Fair. Um, So interestingly, the tables have turned and now he's silent (laughs) while Britney's speaking the truth. So what goes around comes around. (laughs) (laughs) this is like a controversial take and you can feel free to hang up on me jordan i do feel (laughs) there's a little part of me that feels bad for justin Mm. for all of this coming out Mm -hmm. because you have to admit like getting abortion an abortion at 1920 that is a complicated decision for both parties involved yeah he had the right to tell her he didn't want to keep the baby and for that incredibly personal decision to not come out two decades later when he's married with his own kids like it's tough and i'm not saying what he did was right i'm not saying britney's sharing it is wrong i'm just saying like i do feel for him that it it is all kind of coming out now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not wrong. And and here's the the interesting part of this is that both can be right at the same time. Yes. So Brittany can want to speak her truth and that's, you know, she's justified, no pun intended. And he can also (laughs) have been a little bit betrayed in some way. And that's also justified. Um, And they're both allowed to feel how they want to feel. And so you're not wrong. And I think you feel that way. And and I also recognize that part for him as well, that this is a, it's a sensitive topic and it's being published in a book for millions of people to know about. And that's probably a chapter of his life that he wants to um, keep closed. Mm. And Mm. at the same time, I also recognize that there, there are consequences for some of the things that you do, even if it's in your past. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that it was a harrowing experience for Brittany and she's, detailing it 20 years later because it is something hurtful that she had to go through and not tell anybody in the entire world and i don't think it's his right to force her to be silent however he is allowed to feel um however he feels about it so i think both can be true you're absolutely right jordan i just wonder if they're gonna address it in the trolls 3 film Moving on (laughs) it just made me think of how nsync just released a song and i'm aware nsync and Justin Timberlake. That was a dick move. Go off, Jordan. <laughs> I just was like so excited for that little reunion. And here's the thing. Yeah. Like Britney fans may hate me for this, but like 
I have been a big Justin Timberlake fan my whole life. Like, I went Please. to see Justified Stripped. Like, I have all of his albums. I love the 2020 experience. I've always liked Justin Timberlake. And Britney actually has kind things to say about him in the book as well. It's not all mm. um, kind of this doom and gloom. Mm. But, yes, NSYNC with Justin Timberlake. Come on. Come Justin on, Timberlake guy. with NSYNC. Just, I mean, that was like, get the fuck out of here, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, just, I did a little yeah, side thank eye. thank you. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. My whole, my eyes just rolled <laughs> all the way back in my head. And then I listened to Better Place <laughs> once and that was it. So moving right along. <laughs> same, same. Uh, we need to talk about Michelle Williams because I mentioned earlier that Britney didn't want to record the audiobook because it was all too painful, understandably so. So she hires Michelle mm-hmm. Williams to read it. Now, at mm-hmm. first I thought, huh. Michelle Williams, like kind of weird, but I guess, you know, she was in Destiny's Child around the same time, so it makes sense. (laughs) And then Uh I learned it's actually Oscar-nominated actress Michelle Williams, which makes less sense. Why Michelle Williams, Jordan? Gimme, gimme more. Gimme, gimme more. Um, You know, I did read some kind of connection that they may have where Michelle Williams, the actress, is represented by... Matthew Rosengart's wife. Matthew Rosengart is Britney's lawyer. So I think there was like some type of like Hollywood connection behind the scenes Ah. um, that made this happen. And I will say Michelle Williams does an amazing job. I was a little skeptical. I was like, uh, I feel like Britney should be reading this. But I honestly was super, super impressed. Okay. So you think Michelle Williams did Britney justice. Let me tell you, she does Justin Justice. I would like to play a clip of her doing her best Justin Timberlake impression. Listen to this. Sometimes I thought they tried too hard to fit in. One day, Jay and I were in New York, going to parts of town I'd never been to before. Walking our way was a guy with a huge, blinged-out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh yeah, foshes, foshes, genuine, what's up, homie? Oh, my God. I mean, that is five-time Oscar nominee Michelle Williams right there. For shiz, for shiz. Killed it. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, that clip or, like, reading the words faux shiz, faux shiz on the page. I know. Either way, I love it. Side note, Jordan, when you write your tell-all, would you have James Vanderbeek or <laughs> Joshua Jackson read the audiobook? Oh, you know I'm going to have to represent myself if should should I ever not get out of Zila status and write my own <laughs> memoir. <laughs> oh, go you're going to read your own? Okay, got it. I'm got gonna it, try. got it. Um Jordan, you are my Michelle Williams reading the book for me, and I so appreciate it. Let's move along. Because Britney could have been an Oscar-nominated actress herself, she reveals she was the second choice for the role that ultimately went to Rachel McAdams in The Notebook. Her audition tape just leaked online. And can I just say, like, it's actually really good? So good. Oh, my God. She's, like, crying. She knows her lines. She brings the emotion. Jordan, gimme, gimme more. What else did she say about this? Gimme, gimme more. She does touch on the audition. One thing that I found super interesting that I've never heard before that Brittany opens up about in this book is this notion of playing a character and how when she played Lucy in Crossroads, Uh she found herself to be kind of transformed into the character even after filming stopped. 
this like method acting. Now I have to rewatch Crossroads knowing that she was the Jeremy <laughs> Strong of our time. Right? Yeah, very, very interesting to kind of like take a look at um, Brittany, the actress in this book. Yes. Okay, let's jump to 2007. Not the best year for Brittany. Mm -hmm. She got divorced. She lost custody of her children. She shaved her head. She was hounded by paparazzi Mm -hmm. every single day. She chased one away with an umbrella. Mm -hmm. She was eventually admitted to a psychiatric hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she touches on all that in the book. She does. What does she reveal? Give me, give me more. Give me, give me more. (laughs) So just a little context, too, from my own perspective is I... You know, here and there throughout the years, I'm asked about these times, about, you know, her shaving her head or the hospital stuff. And I've always been very nervous to ever go and tread that territory because I just feel like it's inappropriate. Um, So pretty much today's the first kind of time I've even allowed myself to talk about it because she talks about it in the book and kind of does so in a way that's unapologetic and is like, yeah, this is what what I did and why I did it because I was going through a really fucking hard time Uh. and I was dealing with grief and I was dealing with paparazzi hounding me constantly and not being allowed to see my children. And it was essentially her shaving her head in her words was a big fuck you to America, to the world, to people trying to control her, to... The grief that she was dealing with because KFED was not allowing her to see her children. Mm. And also men see women as this like sexual object slash commodity and long hair symbolizes this like femininity. And she just Mm -hmm. wanted to, after being judged for so many years about her body and her looks and being this person that everyone wants her to be, she just said, fuck you to all of it. And I was like listening to that today. And I was like, that is so important that she spoke that and yeah. revealed it that way. Because the last time she talked about shaving her head, I believe, was in 2008 in that documentary for the record. She's like, well, I don't understand what the big deal was. People shave their heads all the time. So she didn't say anything about it in 2008. She didn't go beyond that. Correct. And 16 years later, she's finally revealing. Wow. Yeah. So that was like a very important part of the book, I felt. And then she also does talk about the moment where a SWAT team essentially breaks into her house and straps her onto a gurney and takes her to a hospital. Yes. And she just kind of recants that she doesn't understand why that was being done. And she just knew that there were so many forces around her that could overpower her. That was the beginning of the conservatorship. Correct. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So the, yeah, the beginning of the conservatorship was in 2008, I believe in like the end of January. And that's Uh when that, that stint happened where they forced her into a hospital. They used this fear and control to manipulate her for 13 plus years. Wow. Um, So yeah. So that was an interesting part of the book for sure. Does she talk about, because 2007, she also had this party girl image. She was out with Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, that iconic paparazzi shot in the front of the car. Does she talk about that at all? Yeah. She does talk about actually that night, how basically she was hanging out with Paris I think this is the same night she's referring to with Lindsay and her mom was like looking after her children that night and they get into once they get once Brittany gets home um, her her and her mom get into a fight and basically her mom's just like degrading her and Brittany was just like I'm just trying to have one second out like a 20 something year old should do and she also reflects back on her friendship with Paris Hilton 
and has really kind words to say about Paris and says that essentially Paris was super kind to her at a time when Brittany really needed it and not many people were. And I'm going to do, I'm going to give myself a little plug here because I thought it was a really cool moment where I posted that quote. Um, I posted a quote from Brittany's book about Paris on Twitter and um, Paris tweeted it, like quoted it and was like, had nothing but kind words to say about Brittany. And it was really cool to like have Paris use Breathe Heavy as a vehicle. It was just a feel good moment. It's an air horn sound effect kind of moment. Yeah, yeah, that's major. Are you mentioned in the book? Is there any breathe heavy in the book? <laughs> no, no free, no um, breathe heavy, of course. But she does go into detail about the free Britney movement and how important that was to her. And I definitely got a little teary eyed towards the end of the book when she just had really kind words to say about the free Britney movement because it was just such a long time in the making, and it was a team effort with like millions of fans joining together and it was such a beautiful thing to be a part of and i think that i look back on my own role with the free britney stuff in the early days of 2008 and helping kind of like establish what it was to in the beginning at all and then to see it transform into something really monumental yeah it was super cool Jordan, you're so modest. And I do understand that 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 it took millions of people rallying around for this to happen. But you started the Free Britney movement without you <laughs> at like 19, 20 years old, noticing that something was off and writing Free Britney on your website. There would be no book today. Can you oh. just accept that? And, and no, come I... on. <laughs> No, I I don't. I I appreciate that. It's been so amazing to be someone who has a platform, you know, that is part of like this energized group of people where we have this common like love for this pop star who is so unique and iconic and has done so many amazing career defining pop culture things. And I think the book would have happened one way or another whether I was here or not, but I'm happy that I am here and I'm happy that the book happened in the way that it did. (laughs) Okay, we can all learn a little something from Jordan's modesty. So (laughs) take notes, everybody. Wow. Uh, Okay, finally, finally, Brittany talks about all of her famous lovers. I think I know most of them, but I need you to give me, give me more. What does she say about Colin Farrell? Because I'm seeing all these headlines about how they had a two-week brawl what is this? Give me, give me. Long story short, um, she was reeling from her breakup with Justin Timberlake. And Colin Farrell was a great person to take her mind off of things. And they had a, a quick little, you know, stint. <laughs> she did mention something like she could have seen herself kind of like falling for him. But like, not really. Like, she was still kind of dealing with her lingering feelings about Justin Timberlake at that point. So... Um, she mentions mm. him. But Brawl was like because they were just like so violently and aggressively like lovemaking. Is that accurate yeah, to say? Okay. That that's the vibe that I got. Okay. From and by it. the way, she like that is actually detail. technically not lovemaking. That's just straight up <laughs> fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what about because I'm just going to remind you, Jordan, six months ago, I asked you what you thought about her then husband, Sam Esgari. You said you liked him. How do you like him now, Jordan Miller? 
<laughs> and how was he handled in the book? Okay, so a couple questions here that I'll answer. One, I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist. So like, if Brittany's like married to somebody, like I'm not gonna sit here and be like judging who she, who no. she chose to marry because the, theirs didn't end up working out. Um, you know, it's like I don't look back and be like I should have thought he was a piece of shit. It's like <laughs> I, I, I knew what I knew. You know, um, I look back on certain things like mm, that wasn't the best. Like for example. Brittany in the book mentions how a nurse at the mental health facility was the one that showed her the free Britney movement in the first place. Um, and I was, my first thought was like, well, why I'm, why didn't Sam Asgari show her that? Like, I'm, that's kind of interesting. So maybe, maybe it happened that way. I don't really know. Mm. So she, she doesn't go too far into detail about Sam because I believe by the time they finished the book and published it, they were together at that point. Um, so I see she talks about her like relationship with Sam and there's no mention that they've broken up. So I think it was already put sent to the printing presses. Got it. Well, just so you know, I had a a New York City divorce attorney on this show who also had fond things to say about uh, Sam. He said he hopes Britney's lawyer, quote, drives a truck up his ass. So (laughs) we wish him well. Well, we wish him well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I please no go no i'm down to move on from sam asgari (laughs) (laughs) so was britney yeah no no shade but i saw he came out with like the interview magazine article yeah Uh, and i I saw comments being like was this the best week to do it the thing is i just don't want to be a hater so like he's not the right fit for britney like we'll keep it moving okay let me be the hater for just just a a hot minute (laughs) sam asgari didn't spread with Interview Magazine the same week that Britney's tell-all memoir that she has been waiting 20 years to write came out. In it, Mm -hmm. the headline is Sam Ascari drives them crazy. He's wearing a tank top that says lucky. There's Britney references throughout, but he never mentions Britney in the interview, not once. So I'm sorry if you Mm. don't want to be a hater, I will. It's tacky. (laughs) It's tacky. Please. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. But at the same time, like, that interview is not making waves no shade but it's not like it's like eclipsing britney's book release no so it's just like okay you tried like whatever like just don't do that again maybe that's true Um, well he won't because no one is gonna want to talk to him after this so he he shall never (laughs) do an interview like that again finally with all this media frenzy around the book britney posted on instagram that she didn't mean to offend anybody and that she's moved on do you think Justin Timberlake accepted that apology? Well, I don't think it was even an apology, you know? So mm. I don't think Brittany's apologizing for speaking her truth. I think whether Justin Timberlake accepts her statements or not, <laughs> that's for him to decide. Um, and Brittany is completely separate from that. So Justin can act and perceive things however he wants to, just like how Britney can. Um, so this is Britney's time to speak her truth. And this is Britney's time to shine. He had plenty of time to do that off of her name. Um, and now it's it's Britney's turn to, to use her voice um, and, and share with the world what she wants to. Fuck yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> woo! Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now I just need to, I mean, you really give me, give me all of it. 
I'll check the grammar mm. on that one. I feel so lucky <laughs> to have you. And by the way, I'm going to count how oh. many puns we made together throughout this entire uh, conversation. I'll report back in a moment. I can't let you go, Jordan Miller, as the founder of BreatheHeavy.com, without making you breathe heavy. So before you go, I just want to put you to, to the test with what might be the hardest edition of Fuck, Mary Kill ever played. This is Fuck, Mary Kill, Britney's exes. Are you ready? Ew. <laughs> Why are you making me do this? I, I don't this. Are you breathing heavy already? I am bright red. Justin Timberlake, Kevin Federline, Sam Asghari. No. <laughs> no. To each their own, I will take this opportunity to uh, give a, a shout out to my boyfriend Peter. <laughs> oh, I love, love him. Want to marry we him? Love Peter. And, and, oh, and I, yes. I, I, and I'm a lover, not a fighter. So no killing <laughs> on this end. So <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I mean, you Maybe can't win. Time. You can't win. Who are you going to marry? There's no Kay way. You said you set no. me up to fail. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. And that was cruel. <laughs> after everything we've been through together, Jordan, I am. I apologize truly for putting no, you through that. No, you know what? You shot your shot. It's all good. And honestly, <laughs> I just wanted to. I just want to take a second to say that I really appreciate the the time that you had today to interview me. Um, and this is a really amazing experience. And to anyone who's listening, you've made it this far. So thank you so much. Um, and just I really appreciate this time. Jordan, we love you. We love you because you are so kind. You are so positive. You won't say a mean thing about a person, even <laughs> in a in a game of fuck, marry, kill. Uh, and I'm so grateful to <laughs> you, Jordan. Especially. Um, thank you for everything. Thank you for filling me in on this book. Now you've made me want to read it. So I am going to go order the book. It's out now. It is already a bestseller. We love that for Brittany. Oh, yeah. You can find more Jordan at Jordan Miller and at Breathe Heavy on all social media platforms. Check out BreatheHeavy.com for everything Britney Spears. And now, Jordan, should we say farewell the way Britney would want us to? Yes, please. Let's do it. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Send my love to Peter. Jordan Miller. Yes. And for anyone counting, there were 14 Britney puns dropped during the course of that call. Not proud of it. So please don't hold it against me. And that's 15. This also makes him our official Britney Spears correspondent on Phone a Friend, Jason. So we have a tween correspondent, mm -hmm. a White House correspondent, and a Britney correspondent. What more could you need? <laughs> After the break, you ask me about my workout playlist. There's just one huge problem. Next. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We're back, and the woman in me needs to check my voicemail. Hey, Jesse, it's Danielle, um, a fellow Canadian but living in Germany right now. Um, I just was listening to your episode where you were talking about Kesha, um, and I think that you and I might be the only people, like, driving her Spotify stream because praying is my, like, stretch song before I work out. And now that we're in our 30s, you know, it's like half of the time you're at the gym is just stretching. So it's just a lot of Kesha pumping me up, and that song does not get the credit that it deserves. Um, I guess my question is, is if you had time to take care of yourself and go to the gym, what would your pump-up song be? Okay, thanks. Bye. Love Danielle from Germany. By the way, adding to our international fan base, Jason, we have Italian fans, one, German (laughs) fans, one, fans from all parts of Northern Alberta. The scope of this podcast, uh, would you describe it as global? Yeah. It's global. It is. Yeah. And yes, Danielle, Kesha's praying criminally underappreciated. It's you, me, and Jason who are keeping the streams going. As I mentioned last week, it was on my birth playlist. So glad to hear it's on your light stretching playlist. <laughs> Let's get Kesha the residuals she deserves for hitting that high note. As for my workout playlist, LOL, you were correct in saying if I had time to take care of myself. The sad thing is, Danielle, I do not work out. And for anyone out there who's like, oh, wow, you look great. Yes, sure. I naturally small, but I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, it's not healthy. I am not proud of it. My doctor told me I have high cholesterol last month, Jason. Thank you. How? I don't even think my dad has high cholesterol. I do. (laughs) And I want to make the time to exercise. Like, I try to get on the Peloton. I bought a two-week trial at my local yoga studio. And then they called me on Monday asking me if I would be using it because that was seven months ago. So my intentions are good. I just, like, I need to get into a rhythm, you know? So here's the answer to your question, Danielle. I do have a workout playlist from the last time in my life that I worked out regularly, which was 2016. It was the year before I had children, and that tracks, does it not? I mean, I was in the best shape of my life, and then I got pregnant with twins, and it all went to hell. But I'm going to pull up the playlist now, okay? I'm going to dust it off. Oh, we have Spirit of the West track pulled up, so let's just (laughs) get back to my playlists. Okay, here it is. I feel like I'm going to love it. Well, I'm dusting it off. Hold on to that love. It's called Work It Out, Girl. (laughs) It's really embarrassing. Okay. Last updated December 2016. Bear with me. Okay. I just love how the title is like an affirmation to yourself. It's an affirmation. And Work Out, (laughs) Work It Out is spelled W-E-R-K. So it's really, I was really, yeah. 
So here's what I'm working it out, girl, too. Um, one dance by Drake. A lot of Drake. Too good. I mean, we were on that, like, Views from the Six album. A lot of that in here. Heavy Justin Bieber section. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend. Okay. What do you mean? The Skrillex song. Um, we have some Beyonce Lemonade. We have, oh, God. Literally seven back-to-back Kanye songs. I am so sorry. (gasps) Don't cancel me. I'll delete them right now. And then there's, oh, Britney Slave for you. Thank you. Christina's Come On Over, which is, is that the greatest Christina song? The radio edit version with the dance remix. Are there multiple versions? Yes. Uh, Well, now I need to start working out again just to hear them. Uh, this is my that's my favorite Christina song. I'm sorry. Sorry, dirty. That's my favorite Ex-Dina song. Uh, Backstreet's Back, so that's on brand. No diggity, fine. Uh, Flow Rider's My House, another underappreciated track. Okay? It's not just about get low, it's about Welcome to my house. Did you know, just sorry, looking at this cover art, did you know that Flo Rida's name, the F, uses the state of Florida? No. <laughs> the F in Flo Rida is the shape of the state of Florida, everybody. Wow. What a revelation. He really, okay, leaned, then, leaned in. <laughs> he really wants you to know that where it's Florida. Um, the rest of this playlist, Jason, is all Fifth Harmony. The entire playlist fifth harmony we have worth it we have boss we have work from home and i'm just gonna say i think work from home is the only track if you take away one song to add to your workout playlist phonies let it be work from home by fifth harmony r.i.p jason you work out a lot would this be on your playlist yeah i love this song here we go Work, work, work. I'm just on the treadmill, just taking that pace faster and faster. I don't even remember what you do on a treadmill. Please, I'm going to work from home. I mean, this almost makes me want to start exercising again. Uh, <laughs> or gyrating on a bulldozer. Or j- <laughs> the, the video is so funny to me. The video is so funny. They're in a full-blown construction site, which is unsafe, okay? You need to have a vest and a hard hat. And yet, they're in heels and sequins and crop tops, thrusting with hammers on bulldozers. You don't gotta go to work, work, work. Hey, little did they know that this would be the anthem for like 2020 through 2022. Little known fact to bring it full circle. Did you know that Sam Asghari is in the work-from-home video? Excuse me? He is. He's like is that a, his one credit? <laughs> He's like a construction worker in the, oh, one of the scenes. Stop! Mm-hmm. Sam Asghari, he met Britney in a music video. This guy just goes music video to music video? He's a video ho. Wow! Sam Asghari is a music video ho. If that's the only thing you take away from this episode, please. <laughs> you know what, Jason? It occurred to me we should pitch Sam Asghari to be on this podcast. Is oh. that bad? Are we giving him a platform that he doesn't deserve? Controversial. Controversial. I just have never heard him speak. I've just, you know, apparently seen him sweat in the work from home video. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll pitch. We'll send, we'll send a, we'll send a note to Sam's people and hope that he didn't hear the episode with the divorce lawyer. <laughs> 
saying that he needs a truck shoved up his ass. Thank you, Danielle. I hope you add Fifth Harmony to your light stretching playlist. And thank you for your voicemail. Leave me a message anytime about anything at the number listed in the description of this episode. Jace, every fiber of my being wants to end this episode with Fifth Harmony, but there would be no Fifth Harmony if Britney Spears was not a judge on the season of X Factor that Fifth Harmony was put together. And so we must honor her on the week of her book release. What song are we going with? This is, you got to make the call here. This is like so annoying and like take this for what it is. But on that X Factor season, Britney like hated Fifth Harmony. She wanted them to lose, which is so funny. Is that true? Yeah, because she was on the like, the the group's team was... (laughs) This, I hate that I know this. The yeah, group's no, team on. was the Demi Lovato group. So, like, uh-huh. and Britney had, like, I think kids or because they all have categories. <gasps> so, Britney, like, there's so many funny videos of, like, when Fifth Harmony would move on to the next round, it would just cut to Britney and she was, like, so pissed and was, like, rolling her eyes. She, wow. like, hated Wow. <laughs> Did you know that I was there backstage for every single episode of that season of The X Factor? We Mm -hmm. talked about this with Jordan in a previous episode. That's like where I met Brittany. And I didn't remember that. The fact that you remember that. When Fifth Harmony comes together with Brittany, you can't. How could you forget that? Right, Jace? It's just it takes up a lot of space. Do you know what I do remember is always being very confused that Demi Lovato, who was like early 20s at the time, like very youthful, drove a Porsche station wagon. That's what was par. I walked by it in the parking lot. Like Simon Cowell had a Bugatti. Britney had a chauffeur. Demi Lovato drove a station wagon. That always struck me as practical for a 22-year-old pop star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. We digress. Jason, the moment is here. Drum roll. What Britney song are we ending this episode with? I mean, I feel like we just have, like, on theme, we have to just go with Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. Oh, I mean, the tears are welling up in my eyes right now. The tears, the tears are welling up. I thought you were going to say, give me more, but no, you wanted oh. to feel something at the end of this episode, and I appreciate that. Huge thanks to Jordan Miller, the man who freed Britney, is my Britney correspondent. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Jason, as the emotions surge through you right now listening to this song, do you have Halloween plans? No. And I don't have a costume. None? No. And (gasps) I want to, but that's giving me night sweats. Well, take some tips from SAG after, you know, ghost, zombie, generic spider. Okay. All right. Um, I do. My costume, my family costume could be controversial this year. I have to say, I'm a little worried about about it. I also have to go finish sewing the weird costume my boys wanted to be. Um, I'm so stressed about it. Like secretly, I can't wait until Halloween is over because then I can record next week's podcast and recap all of it with you. So have a safe and happy Halloween, everybody. We'll talk next Thursday. Bye. Brittany, hit us with that chorus. I'm not a girl. Friend was created by our mommy Jessie Cookson. The executive producers are Jessie Cookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. 
the amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.